Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Very cool to be back in Harvey Bay. You guys are looking brilliant. Feeling good? Absolutely awesome. The All Blacks had a draw last night, so I'm sort of all right. <laughs> At least we didn't get beaten. Thank you, Aussies, for cheering us on. Great to be in the house here this morning, and I bring you greetings. We've had a great conference, incidentally, in power. How many were, how many were a part of it? Wow, well, there's a few of you here. A lot of you never made it. You should have sneaked in. Man, it was a great conference, empowered, living on the edge and living expectant of what God can do. And so uh, very, it's a great honor. Thank you, Pastor Ross, Pastor Mary. It's a great honor to be with you guys and uh, all the other pastoral team, of course, uh, who have invited us here. It's always an honor to come back to Harvey Bay, man. I've got my great friend Mark with me, and uh, Mark has been friends with me. I, I tried to lead Mark to the Lord about 20 years ago. Would that be close? Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't get saved, but uh, believe it or not, <laughs> we had him in six meetings, I think six, six weeks, might have been six months we tried to get you saved. <laughs> Here's how bad it was. We had a, uh, I know you're not meant to gamble in church, but we, we had a, a kitty every month was getting bigger for the guy who could get Mark saved. <laughs> And so every day you'd get up to preach, man, you were just, you, oh, like, there is a sinner in the house today, and you're sitting right there, and we'd be like, go, you're preaching your whole message just to get the kitty, just to get the, the amount that was getting, and it was getting bigger by the month, so we were wanting to get him, so going for getting him saved, and then one day we invited this an Aussie preacher, not even a guy of much substance, really. Uh, <laughs> we invited an Australian preacher to come and visit, and uh, oh, to our great disappointment. <laughs> Seriously, the week before, the week before the Aussie came, I gave an altar call, come on, there's someone here who needs to get saved, come on, Jesus is here, you need to get saved today. This is probably real for someone to hear today, actually. And uh, Mark actually responded on the altar. And I went down and I said, it's fantastic, you're getting saved today? And he said, no, no, I haven't come to get saved. I've come for that Holy Spirit stuff you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, like, please get it right. <laughs> and uh, all he wanted was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He led six people to Christ before you got saved, didn't you? I think. <laughs> he led six people to Christ before he got saved. And then finally, like I said, it was your people uh, who came, a good old Aussie who got him saved. Hallelujah. So it's great to have Mark. Please give Mark a hand. He's a great friend of mine and traveled. Uh, we've done a lot together, seen thousands of souls come to Christ and seen some amazing things. Uh, but it's also, I've got to give honor to my friend. I, I am very privileged. I have one of the, the most mature groupies in the world who follow me around and from Inspire Church in Albany today, and not actually living in Albany, like he lives in Tauranga, but it's a great honour to have Ron Stewart in the house. I want to honour this man. He's probably, I don't know, are you 100 yet? <laughs> yeah, he's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door, fit and healthy, but the oldest, not many people can boast of having a groupie that age. That's <laughs> an honour. Um, but uh, it's great to be here with all of you, to all my friends from Harvey Bay. And uh, boy, time is clicking by, so let's just get into it, all right? Um, are you ready? Yeah. Excited? Yeah. Open? Yeah. Filled with faith? Yeah. You've been dancing? Yeah. Okay, let's pray, all right? Why don't you lift your hands toward our Holy Spirit, we give you the authority and the... Uh, the, the Ability, the capacity, God, we ask you to come and fill this place with expectation and power. 
We ask right now, Lord, that every doubt would be broken, every fear would be destroyed. Holy Spirit, I give you the authority to walk up and down every aisle and between every row, touch every... Let there be healings happen right now. If they didn't already happen in the worship, God, let people get healed right now as we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, as we preach your word, I pray that people would receive a supernatural touch from heaven and that they would have breakthrough in their lives. God, don't let anybody leave here today like they came. We don't want to be ordinary, God. We don't want to leave like we came. We want to be healed, delivered, set free, rejoicing in God, filled with faith and ready to take the world on. So Father, I pray let transformation happen in every life here today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you all the glory, all the power and all the praise today. For you are worthy in Jesus' name. Someone, somebody give him a huge shout today. He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Woo. And it is great. You can sit down if you can. Hold on to your hats. Fasten your seatbelts, as they say, on every aeroplane you go on. And um, anyway, um, um, most of you know. Who, who has never heard me here? Who's never actually been in one of my meetings? A couple of people here. Yeah, fantastic. Great to be here with you. If you're visiting today, it's an honor to be here with you. And, uh, but let me just say right now, you haven't come to see a man. You've come to connect with Jesus and that's what we're all here for. Um, I love it because in Exodus, I was thinking when Pastor Ross was speaking this morning, incidentally, I am an evangelist, okay? So get your notepads out and take notes. Please take notes. It makes me feel important. Um, um, just take, some people say evangelists don't, you, they don't give points. We're not here about points. This is not Reader's Digest. This is not three points in a poem today. This is my prayer is that God would touch your life and that you would leave here different to what you came. Pastor Ross can preach you a nice three-point sermon next Sunday out of Reader's Digest or wherever. But I'm just going to give you whatever God puts on my heart this morning, okay? So if you get a point, praise the Lord. So write something down. Right now you can write my first point, which here it is, and this is what it will be. Live expectant. Live expectant. There's nothing worse than living just... This is an eyebrows up moment, okay? It's like eyebrows up. We're not looking for the toilet. We have our eyebrows up. We are expecting something great to happen in the next few minutes, okay? So we need to live the way we expect. We dress. It's weird. We dress for the season, but we barely live for the season. You could have already got some points right there. That may change your world, okay? So don't go waiting for point one, point two, and point three, or reverse for that reason. We should be living active epistles, the Bible says, that are living Acts chapter 29 right now as we live, and out of your life should flow the next chapter of the book of Acts. And if you can't put your name somewhere in the book of Acts, I would dare to challenge you today that let's start living what the gospel says instead of expecting another three-point sermon. Don't get too excited about that. But I just believe we should be living it, maybe not talking about it. So it's not about let's have another nice little... So I pray today that God would change your life. I pray that you would get what I got when I got born again. I pray that God would radically shift your life today in Jesus' name. So my first point is live expectant, which means lift up your eyes. God spoke to Abraham. He said, lift up your eyes. Stop looking down all the time and look up and be expectant of what I can do in your life. You can get a miracle in a meeting like this. I think it was T.L. Osborne who said these words. He said... People always complain in my meetings. Why doesn't he stop preaching so we can get healed? And T.L. Osmond used to respond with these words, why don't you get healed so I can stop preaching? Because it's nothing to do with me. It's about him. It's always about Jesus. The Word of God will change your life. Always remember that the Word of God is not necessarily, I mean it is, it's the Word of God here, but the Word of God is the second person of the Trinity, which is Jesus Christ. So He is the Word became flesh, it tells us in John. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Then it goes on to say in the New Testament that He now lives in our hearts. So the Word of God is right in you today, called the living act. Active word of God that can change your circumstances just with a statement this morning. Just by saying I'm going to live expectant would shift the atmosphere because it's weird. Like I said, we dress for the seasons, but we don't always dress or act like we're ready to receive what God wants to do. So if it's a cold day, I'll put on my jacket like this, but 
God wants to send the power of his glory into our lives. God wants to send his anointing on us today. And we have to lift up our eye. We need to change the way we look. We need to get ready for that season that God's got here right now. Hallelujah. Will you get excited about that? Someone's already got their miracle. You see, we wait for miracles. We're always waiting. My goodness. Let's step into what God's got for us today. If I was still waiting for my miracle, I'd still be stretched out on a bed, paralyzed from the neck down, unable to move. But I got sick and tired of waiting, so I activated. God says, um, and in, in, I think it's in Exodus, God says, move the hand of God. And I want to tell you, that is an exercise for every one of us to step out in faith and believe that God can do the miraculous today. He can heal you right where you sit. He can heal you just as you get excited about God. That's why I say live expectant. Lift up your eyes. Get expectant. For those who don't know me today, I'm, I'm uh, married with 12 grandchildren now, 12 grandchildren. I know I don't look like that, but I've got 12 grandchildren. Um, um, I have only one wife, which will help you stay in ministry. We've been, we, we've been married for 43 years now. In this country, it will. I think in Africa, you can have... I want to shift to Africa. You can have many wives as you like. I've just been to Tanzania, and that's what they told me. I don't know whether that's true, but there you go. Uh, 43 years, Julia and I have been married, and uh, we're still in love. That's a miracle right there, okay? And uh, so we get on well together. We pastor a great church called Inspire Church uh, in New Zealand. We have uh, another campus in Singapore, one just north of us, and um, we're seeing God do amazing things. And so uh, live life, live happy, and get along with each other. We're journeying together. It's funny when you're journeying. I've just been journeying through Africa with, with, with five guys in a van, traveling in a van for 10 hours will cause you to be not a Christian. <laughs> and because uh, and it's small, it's confined, there's no roads, and half the places we went to, we had to travel where there's no roads. There's actually no roads. You're just driving across dirt for hours on end. And so it, it's like... Um, some of you parents will know all about this because you've travelled with your children in the car and nothing ever changes. It's still the same. The older we get, it doesn't make any difference. Get all of us in the car. We're fighting. We want our space, you know. I, I, I have a space issue where I don't care. Um, other people do care and they want their space. But I don't care if I take your space. <laughs> and so that'll cause... And, and some of you will remember as parents with your children in the back of the car fighting and boxing each other and, and getting, not getting along. Could we all just agree to get along while we're on this journey? Which is a good word for a church, actually. Can we all just agree to get along until we reach our destination and let's change the world? And so let's agree to get along this morning. And uh, we've agreed in that most of our lives and God's been good to us. We got born again on the 10th of October 1978, Julia and I both gave our lives to Christ on the same day, which is a good thing actually, because so many couples get born again apart from each other and one doesn't know what the other's doing. And I say, let's just get it all together and let's get going together and make a difference in the world in Jesus' name, okay? I remember when the guy preached the gospel to me on a building site, because I am a builder by trade, and a guy came and preached the gospel to me and I kind of knew I needed it, but I knew that Julia needed it more. And that's not a bad way to live either because I thought it'd be good. I don't want to just get saved by myself. She needs salvation more than me because she was troubling me. She was locking me out of the house and stuff like that, which is unfair. <laughs> you need to be a Christian when you're doing stuff like that. And so just the day before I'd got, I think it was maybe two days before I'd got locked out of my own house. That's unfair. And... Uh, and obviously, I'd apparently done something that deserved that. <laughs> a man never really knows <laughs> what he's done. <laughs> anyway, so I thought since she locked me out of the house, he was preaching the gospel to me. And I said, it sounds good to me, but would be better for my wife. So I said, why don't you come home for dinner? That'll get you locked out of the house, inviting a stranger home for dinner uninvited, unprepared, excuse me, baby, um, I've invited a guy around to dinner tonight to get you on the right track. <laughs> Am I making any friends? 
Those are the reasons I got locked out of the house, I think. But it's silly locking a builder out of the house. I think last time I was here, I might have... Did I preach a message last time I was here? You've got the keys? I think I did, did I? You've got the keys. Like, shift. If the devil's parked in your driveway, unlock the flipping car and shift it into someone else's neighbourhood. <laughs> You've got the keys. I've changed that message now. I've changed my whole philosophy because I've realised that even though she locked me out of the house, I didn't need the keys to get in. Because I'm a builder, you can break into your own house. <laughs> so I don't know how the scriptural truth of that could come out. But it's a funny thing. It's true in many situations, actually. No longer do you need the keys. No longer do you need the keys. And I think there's some truth in there because Jesus already won the victory for us. He's unlocked every door you could ever go through. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Let's go. I proved it the other day. I was preaching in, um, in the Gold Coast, actually. And um, so what happened was a pastor drove. He said, you can have my car. And he, so he drove me to the hotel, parked in the basement of the hotel, parked the car there, then took us up to the hotel room that we were going to be staying in. And Julia arrived with his wife an hour later, and we all had dinner together. It was very nice. And we went to bed, and we got up in the morning to go preach at church. And Julia said, where's the car? How would I know? I never parked it. <laughs> the pastor parked it. There's four levels of car park in the darn building. And we've got to go to church in a car that I never parked. He parked it. I was a passenger. When you're a passenger, you don't take any notice of where you're parking. You're just parking. You're just getting taken. You get out and you go wherever you go. So anyway, we went down, and we had one of those. He had the key, a clicky key, okay, which is quite handy because you just walk around floor one, click, 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 click. <laughs> Nothing lighting up here. Next floor, click, 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 click. Next floor. And then we're walking along, and Julia says, why are you bothering clicking here? The car is right here. And I said, oh, yeah, there it is. So we jumped in and pushed the button, and it started was open, it was already, it didn't even have to unlock it, it was open, we pushed the button, started the car up, drove out of the car park, and I said, hang on a minute, his car, you have to use a key to start it. <laughs> and we had literally stolen somebody's car. <laughs> Which proves my point, you no longer need the keys. <laughs> Some guy's got one of those push button type cars, like miners, so I was used to getting in and pushing the button. Then I was like, hang on a minute, we've got a key. This car doesn't have it. We looked around, sure enough, it belongs to a total stranger. So we drove it back into the car park before we got arrested, parked it nicely again, a couple of dings in the doors. But we parked it, got out, and then we went on the search again, clicking until a car lit up and we took that car, which happened to be the right car. There's got to be something in there for somebody here this morning. Whatever it is, I don't know, but I will tell you. Here's what it could be. Here's what it could be. To live expectant, you better have a sense of humor. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't have humor, you will never, ever live life to the full. Because trouble will come your way. You will face storms. The Bible is living truth to us that we will face storms. You'll face storms. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you won't face storms. Do you know the amount of people I meet? that have turned their back on Christ, that have given up on church, that have done all sorts of things just because of a storm they went through. Oh, my goodness, what is wrong with them? It's like jeepers. Life presents storms. Storms would be the very truth to me that there is a God in heaven who can take you through the storm and bring you out the other side in victory. With the storms I've been through in my life, the storm of the, the death of my son, if you like, the tragic death of my son, the storm of my para paralysis, being having an accident and being paralyzed in bed. You don't give up on God. You draw closer to God, yeah. which is why Moses said, God, I'm not even going to go if your presence doesn't go with me. I don't even want to go anywhere if your presence doesn't go with Moses is an interesting character actually because Moses remember in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18 Moses he says these words he says just before they go into the promise he said oh Lord would you please show me your glory which is like most Christians I know God would you please show me your glory it'd be like me saying oh God 
would you please show me what it is to live in the miracle realm? God, would you please show me what faith is? Are you kidding me? So Moses in Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18 says, God, please show me your glory. This is the, this is the same. Most of us, okay? Just imagine you were there. God, would you please show me your glory? He's already showed you a cloud from heaven that would protect you day and night. He's already showed you the sea parting one side to the other. You've already spoken to a rock and water came out of the rock. You've already smote the rock and water came out of it again. You've had your, your, your stick turn into a snake and gobble up every other snake in, snake in the place. You've, you've, you've had fire come from heaven and keep you... You've had quails fall from heaven to feed you, but God, would you please show me your glory? <laughs> and if I was God, I'd be like, hey, you got a problem, buddy? <laughs> but most of us are the same as that. Because you live in Australia, the most blessed countries in the world, and yet you would ask God to show you his glory or his prayer. It's a miracle you are here today. Show me, God, I want to see a miracle before I believe and trust you. You're a living miracle right now. The breath you took two seconds ago was a living fact that God is for you, not against you. That he loves you and that you are living active miracle right now. So why don't we start living in the expectation of what God has already done for us instead of wanting more. God, uh, God, God responds to Moses. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 19, God actually responds to him, which is a good message for the church of the 21st century in 2017 when I think we've got so much complication and confusion around what the gospel is. And God says, yeah, okay, I'll show you my my glory, my name will pass before you. The name of God, man, alive, that's enough to bring you alive. Jehovah Jireh, my provider in every situation in life. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. And we could go through a list of the names of God and God simply says to Moses, yeah, you want my glory? My name's going to just pass by you right now. And then he says this, he finishes off with two great statements. And he said, then my goodness and my mercy will be presented to you. Do you know what the glory of God is today? It is simply his goodness and his mercy. Don't be a sign and wonder following generation. Don't come looking for a sign. Oh, God, I need another wall. Where can we go next where there'll be a sign? Hey, it's his goodness and his mercy that is the glory of the Lord. I live for for that. I live in the essence of his goodness and his mercy. I'm never looking for another sign. The thing is that the Bible says that signs and wonders will follow you when you know his goodness and his mercy. If you get the glory of God in you, then you'll have signs and wonders following you wherever you go. It's called his goodness and his mercy. And I want you to receive that today because I believe too many times we're wandering around, we're still looking, we're still like, let, let's be expectant that God will change our lives so that we make a difference wherever we go. I want to turn up and change the atmosphere. I don't want the atmosphere. It's your frame of reference, you know. What's your frame of reference? You see, Gideon had a weird frame of reference. Gideon's frame of reference was that he was, he was a victim, that he was... So many people live like that, incidentally. Thousands and thousands of people live as a victim. Your frame of reference will determine your future. It'll determine your miracle. It'll determine the goodness of God in your life today. It'll determine your influence on the society around you. It'll determine whether you sit beside someone and they feel the presence of God or they don't feel the presence. I think last time I was here, I was sharing how when I'd flown in... <coughs> to Australia the last time I was here and I flew from New Zealand to Australia and I sat beside a woman who was older than me. I think I might have shared this story, I can't remember. But she was older than me and she was sitting beside, well, actually I got an upgrade. That's the other thing. Man, if you live in the goodness and mercy, you'll get a free upgrade. And you'll end up in business class. So I didn't ask for business class. I just got put there because God loves me. I'm one of his kids and he loves me. And so I got put into business class. In business class, you don't care who's sitting beside you right? When you're in cattle class, it does matter because they could stink or whatever. But in business class, they're far enough away, it doesn't matter anymore. And so she's sitting against the window, I'm sitting in the aisle, and then I'm not even going to talk to her. You don't have to talk to people in business class. That's what it's all about. You're just on yourself. You're by yourself. You can live selfish like half the world do and just think about me and mine and all that sort of stuff. Incidentally, I was thinking about the next message I was preaching. 
So I had my Bible out and I was studying my Bible to get a word for when I was arriving in Australia at that stage. And so I didn't have anything to do with it. The next thing, she starts crying. When a woman starts crying, it's disturbing to a man because we don't know what to do. <laughs> this could be a good point today. We have no clue what to do when you cry. We go into breakdown. I didn't know what to do and I thought, should I say something? And then I thought, no, best probably not to. And then I thought, I wonder what the problem is. And the crying got worse and worse and worse and worse until she's sobbing uncontrollably. And at that stage, a man feels he should respond. And so at that stage, I leaned over and I said, excuse me, ma'am, is there a problem? If this is doing damage to you, God will heal you. <laughs> but <clears throat> is there a problem? And to she responds, yes, it's you. Well, I already knew it would be. Because <laughs> that's usually the answer. And it's very easy to take on a victim mentality and your frame of reference becomes who you are. But I refuse to live in a victim mentality because of this song we sang on the very first slide this morning that Jesus Christ came to set you free. So I choose to live in the freedom that God's got. So I don't take on a victim mentality from what she says. I hear her out, and she says, yes, it's you. There's something about you when you sat down. Now, now, that, what could that be? I mean, I was thinking when she was crying, maybe she wants to get to the toilet, and I'm blocking the pathway. You're thinking all these sorts of things. But it had nothing to do with any of that. It was what I carry on my life. It was the presence of God. And she said these words to me. She said, you remind me of when I was nine. She was 86, I think. You remind me of when I was nine years old and I went to Sunday school and my Sunday school teacher invited me to receive Jesus and something happened in my life that day that was an encounter that I will never forget but have never followed. And so I said, lady, you are sitting in the right place at the right time. We're pretty close to God, 38,000 feet. And I said, you're going to have an encounter today that will change your life forever. We are still friends. She's now connected with a great church in Tasmania and going for God. She has her grandchildren in church now. And I want to tell you, God will reward us if we diligently pursue him with expectation in our hearts. And, 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 and it don't matter who you are. See, we get screwed up there because we start thinking we've got to be better than the next person. That's a victim mentality. God loves you just the way you are. He didn't wake up angry this morning. Even God's in a good mood. Even God wakes up in a good mood. It's only us that wake up in a stink mood, mostly men that wake up in a stink mood, a grumpy mood. But God doesn't. God wakes up in a... In fact, he doesn't even wake up. He's awake all the time. The Bible says he doesn't sleep nor slumber, and he's caring for you the whole time and thinking about you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. That's why we should never bring a message that condemns you. We should bring a message... That would inspire you that there is a God in heaven who has a plan for you today that can change your destiny in Jesus' name. He's here today. He's here to heal you, restore you, and bring you hope today. And so let's change our frame of reference a little bit and get ready for what... I'm just thinking, actually, right now... The atmosphere is getting hot to me and God's about to do a in somebody's life. And so can I say this to you today, though? If Moses said, show me your glory, and God said, my goodness and my mercy will pass by, we've sung about the glory of God this morning. We've been expectant for the glory of God, and right now the power of God is here to change your life. Because that clock's reading red in the eight minutes, does that mean I've gone over time? That means I've got eight left. Okay. So <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Take Jesus with you. Take Jesus with you. We just need the power of God in our lives, really. I want more of Jesus in my life. I want to turn up on situations with that lady and have her discover Christ, not because of what I said, because of who I am. Yeah. 
because of what I carry in my life. Like I did at a meeting somewhere this weekend, the woman who pressed through the crowd, she didn't even touch Jesus. He never said one word to her. She got healed by touching something that was on him, touching something that was touching him, something that he was wearing. We need to be wearing the clothes of righteousness. My Bible says that he's given you a robe of righteousness, that Jesus already canceled all of your sin, that you don't have to carry it one minute longer. People come to me, they're worried about their sin, they're worried about it. Honestly, it's time we got out of a victim mentality and started believing Christ for me. Um, if God be for me, sorry, who can be against me or what can be against me? And you're living in the moment of victory. There's, there's a woman here today. And, and honestly, I really feel that you've been going through a struggle in your own life. You've been going through such a struggle. And I'm feeling today that God wants to heal you today of your struggle. God wants to, it feels like you've been in chains. It feels like you can't bust out of that struggle and you've almost given up hope. And God is saying today is your day of victory. And I want you to receive that right now, wherever you are, receive that right now. That miracle is in this crowd right now. Right now, there's a miracle here for you. There's a young man here today. And young man, you've been distracted in so many different ways. You've been pulled this way. You've been pulled that way. And today, God says, I wanted to get your attention today. God said, I just wanted to get your attention. I wanted to let you know that I love you, that I care for you, that I have a plan for you. In 1978, I got born again. It changed my life forever. It changed my family's life forever. Every person in my family is born again because there is power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. We're not talking about some kind of religion. I'll never talk to you about, I hate religion. Religion bores me to death. I'll talk to you about my relationship with a living God. That's why we're not into Buddha. We're not into Confucius. We're not into Muhammad. Those guys are all still in the grave. There's nothing worth following. The God we follow busted out of the grave and lives eternally forevermore. His name is Jesus. Stop being where you were. And let's move on from where we are. The spoken word of Jesus can set you free today. He came to liberate and set us free. He came so that we could walk and not faint. Run and not grow weary and soar on the wings of an eagle. That means over the circumstances. Too many of us get involved in the circumstances and they become our reality instead of letting the power of Jesus' name become our reality. Is this making any sense to you today? I, I just really believe there are people here today. That young man, man, you need to get right with God today. Don't let the confusion take you any longer. I was 25 years old. It was almost too late. Mark was a lot older than that. When he gave his life to Christ, wasted years, man. Get going for God now. Difference in the world you live in. I've just been to Africa and seen thousands surrender their lives to Christ. Demons coming out. People being healed and set free. Man, we need to get going with what God's got for our lives today. You can't afford to slack around, be grumpy, be miserable, whatever you're being. Change your frame of reference and let God be the Lord of your life. Stop holding people back. Did you hear me? Stop holding people back. I think too many times we hold people back. We should be encouraging every person to go for God more and more and more. You could shout yee-haw right there if you like. You can even use a hallelujah. Or you can just give someone the elbow that they need to, so wake them up so they're hearing what I'm saying. Stop holding people back. Liberate people. Set them free in the cause of Christ. How do you do that? You do that by living on the edge of faith. We're going to close on that point because I've gone too long right now. The meeting's over. Amen. Hallelujah. Come back for the next service. We'll come back tonight. I want to pray for you before I go because I do see there's miracles all around. That woman, whoever you are, I want to tell you right now, God's here to heal you, restore you today, and give you hope again. That young man who's here today that doesn't know the love of God, the power of God is here today to actually ignite a flame in your heart that will cause you to never, ever be. We should never be the same again. I haven't been the same again since 1978. People told me that it'd be okay. I'd come, I've disappointed a lot of people because I never came right. <laughs> they thought I would. They thought I would chill out like other Christians that they've seen like other people who just get bored and offended and frame of reference traps them as a victim in, a, in the very church of the living God and they become miserable and offended and it's always someone else's fault why they're not going for God.
and that never happened to me because I got so doused with it. Because And my th- second point. Here, I'm going to give you my second point today before I finish. There's more. There's more. So don't just stop at being expectant. There's more. And the more is the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit today, I would doubt your ability to exist as a Christian in the world we live. I would seriously doubt your ability. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll never understand a woman. You'll never understand most things in life. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so you can be the best husband in the world, the best leader in the world, the best wife in the world, the best child in the world, the best student in the world. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because he'll open your eyes to see and you can see in the natural. Thank God I'm filled with the Holy Spirit when I go to Africa and there's demonic influences and witches in the crowd that you can see that are coming at you wanting to bite you and all sorts of but if you have eyes that have been opened by the power of the Holy Spirit you can see beyond the natural realm and what other people can't see you can see and sometimes I see that even in a meeting like this and I would say my second point is today you must Jesus said it you must be filled with the Holy Spirit the power of God to set you free and cause you to live in the victory. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes right across this place. There are people here today that need God. There are people here today that need to be healed. There are people here today that need to get right with God. There are people here today who just need to say, Don, I am sick of my frame of reference which has shaped me as a victim. I refuse to live there any longer. I'm breaking out of that today. I'm going to live in the victory that God's got for me. And so all over this place today, I'm going to ask you right now, friend, if you need Jesus, lift your hand real quick. Don, I need Jesus right now. Yeah, God bless you, honey. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you over there, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. This is just powerful. Thank you, Jesus. Changing lives right here. Somebody else right now. I need to get my life right with God. Don, I need to get my life right with God today. I've been living in misery. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, boy, thank you, Jesus, for people who are making great decisions here today. Someone else right now, Don, I just need to make this choice before the meeting's over today. I'm not going to wait another moment longer. I'm not sure I have another moment longer. God bless you, young man. God bless you. Let God speak to your heart today. Who is that? One more person. Who's that young man that God was speaking to earlier? Who is that young man? Right now, I need to get right with God. If that's you, don't miss this opportunity. There are moments in life, there are moments in life that you can grab a hold of, and God says, This is a moment for your life today. And in Jesus' name, Lord, whoever that is, right now, you need to get right with God. Just quickly lift your hand before I close this altar call. Whoever that is, give me a wave right now if you know God's speaking to you. Jesus, Jesus, I'm never, ever, 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 ever intimidated by an altar call because so many have come to me at the end of the meeting and said, man, I should have done it. I wish I had. I feel so broken on the inside. One night I went home from a meeting like this. I went home. It was a nighttime meeting and I went home and I slept in my hotel room. My hotel manager came knocking on my door in the morning and he said, hey, there's someone at the office wants to meet you. And I was like, who the heck? Nobody knows me in this town. And I went to the office and it was the very woman who was in the meeting the night before. And she looked fantastic the night before. She looked, all her makeup was in place. All of her eyeliner was in place. She looked perfect. And then when I said, said, Jesus Christ is calling you to salvation. And she stood up and she screamed out, you're an idiot. And I don't want anything to do with God. And she burst out of that meeting. That next night, next morning, she arrived at my hotel at 8.30 in the morning and said, I need, is, am I too late? Was what she said. Am I too late? You can miss a moment with God. Her makeup was no longer in place. It was all black down her face. Her face was falling off. And she'd been bawling all night and she said, is it too late? Can I still get right with God? And I said, lady, I want to tell you the God I serve, you're never too late. You can miss out, but you're never too late. While you're still breathing, you have a moment to get right with God. Who is that today? Don, I need to get right with God right now. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Was there anybody else here before I close this? Anybody else? In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those that are living. Why don't we all stand together today? Why don't we all stand before God today? 
Holy Spirit, I want to thank you right now for people who responded to you today, people who lifted their hands, people who said, yes, God, I need you in my life. God, I pray right now that a miracle would unlock every chain from them. I pray that a miracle today. See, what you really do when you lift your hand, like, let me just explain this real quick before time's up, is when you lift your hand, you're like that, you say this, here's the keys to my life, Jesus. Here's the keys to my life. Unless you've got one of those push-button push button models. And uh, But here's the keys to my life. God, you can unlock my heart and I'm going to let you come in today. But here's what you've got to do. You've got to move. You've got to literally make a transition in your life that I'm stepping away. I think the Tour de France is on right now. Is that true? I think it's on right now. The person who wins that race will separate themselves from the pack. And if you don't have the ability in life to separate yourself from the pack, you will never, ever win in this race called faith. And I'm going to invite you right now. If you lifted your hand or you know you should have this morning, why don't you step away from the crowd right now? Just separate yourself just for a moment and come and stand here with me and stand here and say, God, here I am, I'm yours. Why don't you come? from all over this meeting. If you lifted your hand or you know you should have, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Why don't you come? I'm waiting for you. Yeah, give them a hand clap as they come. Thank you as you come. Thank you as you come. God bless you, sir. God bless you, man. God bless you, ma'am. Such a privilege. Such a privilege. God bless you, sir. God bless you, man. So I'm, I'm thrilled. This is the moment of the greatest thrill in life. God bless you, man. God bless you, Mr. Eastwing. God bless you. That's just how I know this, man. God bless you, man. Is there anybody else? Was there anybody else right now? Don't miss this moment. I want to. I feel there's a real powerful anointing on this moment that God is saying, will you step away from the crowd this one time and you're like, God's giving someone a second chance. Someone a second chance today. I really believe it. Someone a second chance right now. I'm going to call you one more time. Will you step away from the crowd? I, I, I even believe right now that God is so desperate that Jesus says, I will to the cross for you then I put my arms out for you I separated myself from the crowd and I hung there for you so you could have eternal victorious life and friend won't you come today won't you come come to Jesus right now you could be a backslidden Christian you can be one of those Christians that's a handbrake to everybody else in life you're not set free you've been in church but you don't have Jesus you have religion but you don't have the power within you you're a boring Christian you're one of those Christians that's negative and grumpy half the time. Why don't you come and say, Jesus, I'm going all the way for you. I want to change the world. I want to sit beside people who feel the presence of God. If people aren't feeling the presence of God, I would wonder why. So let's say, Jesus, I want to have more of you in my life. If that's you today, why don't you come right now? I feel that I'm speaking to someone. I, I feel a bit of an urgency on this, to be honest with you. This is just Bible. This is just Jesus wants to change your life. I'm an evangelist, not a preacher. And I'm going to call you one more time. Friend, if you're here today and you know this stuff in your life, you see, this is what the Bible would say. The Bible would say that your, your heart, how's your heart? God always asks, how's your heart? Because your heart is the issue of life. It's the root foundation. What comes out of your heart is probably what's going on on the inside. If there's gossip, if there's negativity, or if there's that sort of slander coming out of your mouth, if you're condemning people, then I would say today you're not right with God. And I would say you need to be on an altar and say, God, I want to get right with you today. God is mindful of you, and He's calling you and giving you an opportunity today to live in the victory that He won for you. Is there anybody else needs to move right there? I'm gonna one moment. I'm gonna hold this open just for a moment because I believe there's at least four people who need to be on this altar today that are not yet here. I'm waiting for you right now. God bless you, honey, as you come. God bless you. Where's that man who needs to move today? There's a man. Who, there's a gentleman who needs to move today. That God's calling you right now, and He's saying it's you. I'm talking to you. God says I want you to hear my voice. God says I want you. To hear me. Tune into the voice of God. Maybe that's what it is. You just need to tune into the voice of God. I know the voice of God. I hate to live without the voice of God. I know it so clearly. I know it as well as I know my own wife's voice. And that means that she can look at me, just one look at me, and I know what she's saying. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That's how God communicates with me. I feel his look. I look into his face and I see his glory and he directs my life. Friend, why don't you come to Jesus today? Yeah, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Is there anybody else right now? One more time. Is there anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. We're going to pray for every person standing on this altar today. Every person standing. I want you to pray in a loud forward, please. I want everybody in the house to join in. And I want to pray a prayer here today that can change your destiny forever in Jesus' name. Why don't you make this your prayer? Man, I'll tell you what, honey. I'll tell you what. This is a breakthrough day for you. Never, ever the same again. In fact, when I felt, when I was praying this morning, I felt that there was a young woman here who was trapped in the circumstances of her life and God said, I'm going to set her free today. I believe that to be you and I believe that you will never be the same again after this moment in Jesus' name. Give God the keys to your life. You can't do it alone. You can't be it alone. So let's pray right now. I want everybody to pray right across this house. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I want to thank you for your amazing love that you died for me so I could have eternal life, that you set me free from my sin, that you unshackled me from my past, and you've given me a brand new frame of reference today. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I receive that frame of forgiveness right now. I'm no longer a victim. I am born again. I'm a new creation. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise right across this house. Jesus, we give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. Jesus, we give you. I'd just like to pray for you, and then, then I think we're going to hand them all over to you, Pastor Peter. Father, I want to pray for every person who stands on this altar today. From this is this young man. You're sent. What's your name, buddy? Sorry, Aaron. Great name, Aaron. Get ready for God's touch in your life today. God, I thank you for this young man, Aaron. I pray that what's on me would get on him right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for every person standing on this altar. Breakthrough for you today, sir. God's done a healing and a miracle here. This young lady right here, I love you. Oh, young man, sorry, man. You, oh, you're gonna beat me up one day for doing that, mate. Please forgive me right now. You're a Christian. That's right. You're a Christian now, so you've got to forgive. Um, <laughs> sir, what's your name? Samuel. Samuel. With a name like that, Samuel, get ready for what God's going to do in your life, mate. Father, I thank you for this young man. I pray the blessing of God on him right now from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. I speak the victory of this decision he's made today. Lord, let him live in it. Be a, let him be a generation changer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, right now for the power of God right here. In fact, as you guys are standing here right now, get ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Get ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's the power that will transform your life. He's the power that will take you to the next dimension. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you. Thank you for every miracle right here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I ask you all to go with Peter? Because I've run clean out of time. Ross will be beating me up. I'll never get invited back again. Please go. And just before I do finish, and my, is this okay, Pastor Ross? I, I, and I'm very conscious of time, believe you me. So, but here's what I want to do. There are people here right now, and I feel when I said there's more this morning, there are people here that need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't speak in tongues and you are not filled with a passion for the things of God, then I would say you are probably lacking the power of the Most High. And you're the third member of the Trinity. Father, God, Jesus, the Son, who is the Word. And all of that's good. But Jesus said, go wait in Jerusalem and power from on high will come. I go that the Comforter may come, who is the third person of the Trinity, the third member of the Trinity, sorry, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask people all over this place right now, you need to be either refreshed in the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come quickly and stand on this altar, please. Come quickly, if that's you. Come quickly. And we'll just wait a minute for you to come. I think one of these is mine. This is a very holy moment, incidentally, because people will come right now who are responding to the voice of the Spirit. Others will say, nah, not today. And it'll be to your detriment. And, and I say that in all fairness, because without the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot communicate like we should. 
We cannot carry what we have to carry in life. We can neither be the child, the husband, or the wife that we should be without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I believe there's just more people who need to come. Who is it right now? We're just waiting. Just waiting. God wants to fill you with power today. There's people, I know there are people here right now who have no victory in their life. I know there are people within the sound of my voice who have no capacity to unlock yourself from the frame of a victim. I know there are people here right now who would victimize others because of the way you feel about your life because you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants to give you incredible power to be an overcomer. We call ourselves overcomers, but you have to be able to overcome stuff to be an overcomer. And that's what the anointing of the Holy Spirit is. Is there anybody else who needs to come? Ma'am, come, come right out here. We're going to pray for you this morning. Johnny. God bless you, sir. You're coming. God bless you. Oh, you're with us, sister. God bless you. Is there anybody else? I felt there was at least three men here today who needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm a guy, all right? So I understand it's tough for a guy because you think, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be embarrassed. Guys feel like that. But I'm going to say, man, I became the best father I could ever be, the best husband, and the best representation of God on earth only when the Holy Spirit came into my life. And I'm going to say to at least, at least three men here, you need to come and stand here today. Who is it? Well, I just wait briefly. I feel like I'm holding people up, but I do feel it's very significant. Anybody moving? Waiting, waiting. The call goes out one more time. Man, don't let it stop you guys. I'm a I'm a man's man. Flip. Guys, there's a man here who needs to do this today. Okay. Let's pray for these awesome, awesome people that have responded today. Why don't you stretch your hand toward them right now? Why don't you give me your hand today, sir? Just let me hold your hand right there. Just put your hand right there. Say these words, Holy Spirit, I invite you to fill me with power today. I want to be an overcomer, and I receive your anointing right now. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands toward heaven. Here it comes on you right now. Just start speaking in tongues. There it is. You've got it. so good what's going to happen for you man what's your name June 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 I can feel it do you feel the power of God here right now I tell you what there's such an incredible presence of God here right now you're not only going to get refreshed by the Holy Spirit today you're going to carry something out of this meeting like you would never ever believe possible you're going to go out of here healed today you're going to go out of here restored today and in Jesus name fill her with the Holy Spirit Lord God Jesus name fill her with the Holy Spirit and power and power wow God is so good let's give a hand to God for his presence and power Jesus Jesus stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church